friends. Welcome to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks podcast. I'm so glad you're here. In each episode, I coach a listener through a tough question about mental health, personal growth, family relationships, or faith journeys. My goal is to help you think, feel, or do something differently to improve your life because you listen to this podcast. I want you to step into your power and create a life you love. Let's get started. Hi, friends. This is part two of my interview with Jill Duggar and Derek Dillard about their book, Counting the Costs. So if you haven't listened to part one, please go back and listen to that first and then come back and enjoy part two. How close are you with your siblings? I guess that's a really difficult question since there are 18 of them. Yes. <laughs> I already answered that, right? Yeah. You don't see your older one very much. Well, yeah. My oldest brother... Um, for people who have followed the family, they would know, but yeah. for yeah. other people who don't know, my, my oldest brother, um, somewhat recently, the last couple of years here, he was, um, ended up being arrested, charged with, um, I don't know what the actual, char- several charges, but anyways. Possession of child sexual abuse material. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he is in federal prison now for 12 years and that's my oldest brother. And then. But my other siblings, most of them live around here, like mm-hmm. somewhat close within an hour of us, except for a couple. There's one in California and one in Texas. And um, so naturally in my family, though, I'm the fourth of the 19. Um, there are some of my siblings that I'm closer with, some because I'm like, you know, it's like the older sisters group or because we had these buddy teams, this buddy system in my family where we were kind of teamed up with one or two or three younger siblings to kind of keep an eye on when we're out and about, um, yeah. help Don't them with their homework. <laughs> Derek, <laughs> Derek's just going to cut to the chase. <laughs> help raise them. Raise them. I, but, um, I can relate. I can relate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we'd be teamed up. And, and honestly, growing up, like I did not resent that except for like occasionally you just, eh, why did my sibling have to whatever? You know, there were times, I'm not saying I loved it all, but overall, I didn't really resent having to. I, I resented help, it on her behalf and looking until back later. after. Yeah, yes, yeah. later. I knew yeah. you were going to say that. Yes, uh, just briefly. Uh, whenever we were, and we go into this in detail, unfortunately, like uh, in the book um, about, not unfortunately, but it was a sad situation, but yeah, about how we were, Joe was charged. Uh, for like the meals while she was like in her home raising her children like her basically her i was siblings. running up a tab of yeah she was running up a tab it was like it we've is. already paid you like we <laughs> we've bought you clothing while you were uh growing up you ate food here you know we provided you <laughs> isn't that oh, part of being in a family and having right? parents yeah, that provide like, them? but it made me like made my blood boil because i was like yeah well, you should. What, about what, if, what if you turn around and you gave a bill for your childcare and like for housekeeping, and housekeeping for like this many years? Like, what about that? That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. So only to that point, he's like, yeah. Well, it makes me mad that if they're gonna say, look at all we've done for you, you could also turn around and be like, well, look at all I've done to help too. But anyway, yeah. Besides so, providing content for reality TV, that brought in millions for the family yeah so different ones of my siblings I'm closer to than others Mm -hmm. um and it kind of ebbs and flows like at different points like my sister Jess and I we uh went through courtships together we had babies 
like starting out our kids, our first couple kids are really close in age. Mm. And uh, so like we had lunch the other day for her birthday and um, my sister, Ginger, she's in California. Um, We've lived a lot of the same stuff somewhat recently. And so it's always helpful for me to like talk to her. Some of my siblings, I talk more. I can, I feel like I can talk a little deeper with Um, some, I try to keep it more surface out of respect for them and for myself, um, just depending on where I'm at emotionally and what I can handle at that point. Cause I know it's hard. Mm -hmm. Also, you have to know your own limits and you have to know when you're having a good day, (laughs) when it's a little harder. And if you're going to have to come away from that and debrief for three hours, like, do you have that emotional energy at that like time or do you not? And so it's hard. And so again, it comes back to like giving yourself space and grace and giving them the same. So yeah, and I, I am I try to be like close as I can with my buddies as well, yeah. um, my buddy team. But I but I also don't. I've been very careful, especially in this book writing process, to not throw any of my siblings under the bus because yeah. I want to have good relationships with all of my family, really. Um, and I love all of my siblings, and even when we don't see eye to eye on things, I want to not like jeopardize our relationship. So because we are in the public eye, I don't want to say this sibling and I, we hash it out or, you know, whatever. Like, I don't want to do that to them. So there are some of my siblings I don't really see, especially during this whole book process, like Mm. that we don't agree on things, but I really, really hope that even with time that we can kind of agree to disagree on some things. And yeah, I will say it's unfortunate that, um, that her dad, Jim Bob, and his influence over the other siblings has been, you know, used to harm our relationship with Jill's siblings because mm. to the extent that they've been uh, provided things by him, like he can very much influence their um, position in all of this and mm. negatively sway them in our relationship. So it's like we might be trying to work out an issue with like parents or in-laws, like for me. Um, but then we don't want that to affect our relationship with our siblings, but inevitably he's going to, uh, it made it very clear based on our experiences that like, if we're going to not do what he wants us to do, then we're also going to be basically saying, you know, we're going to not have the same relationships with her siblings. And again, that's why I think the title of our book, counting the cost was so pertinent because it kind of goes to a lot of different areas of our story Mm -hmm. and our journey where it's not that we want to be the ones having to count the costs and say, Oh, we want to sacrifice this. No, we're not wanting to sacrifice those relationships, but if you're going to make us choose, we have to do what's healthiest for our family. And if for a brief time, Lord willing, that's only how long it would last, um, we might have some strained relationships and we don't want it to be that way. And I think that with pertinence, right word, but like basically, like Jill said, we had to count those costs and realize that because we've been posed that question a lot, like similar questions, like, do you really want, uh, like with the nose ring, it's like, do you really want to do this to your relationship with your siblings? It's like, no, this is not about my relationship with my siblings. This is about me getting a nose ring. And again, but, our therapist was good. Yeah. And yeah. our therapist was really good helping us walk through that. It's almost, but it's yeah. very manipulative. It's like, okay, if you're choosing to have a poor relationship with your siblings, if you get this nose ring, it's almost like, if you choose to take this route with me, then you're choosing to have a poor relationship with your siblings because so far as I have anything to do with it, you know, they have a big 
voice or he has a uh, an ear uh, with all of their siblings um, yeah. and they hear a lot of a more controlled perspective. But you can yeah. say like the ball is in your court and yeah. I'm not choosing this. It's your decision how you choose to portray me in front of the rest of the family. That is your yeah. decision and that is your choice, but that's not my responsibility, my office. way to yeah. carry. That's yours. Yeah. No, I'm not yeah. taking it's yours to carry. So good job. Emotional boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. But it's hard. It's like it, you it count the cost. You're like, this is sad that you're really gonna like, you know, make it about that. You're trying, you're gonna make it about a relationship with our siblings and like basically choose to like destroy our relationship with you know Joseph. But I think God is greater than that as well. So God's greater than the than the crazy situations that we face. So I have we're, hope we're trying that, to play the long game. We're trying to play the long yeah, game. You know, like different yeah. people get to different points in their own journey and realize things for what they are. And in the long run, end up at a better place. Yeah. And not everybody has to arrive at the same place either. I think yeah. some of my siblings who have kind of sorted through some stuff, like they may not come to the same conclusions that we are. And that's not my ultimate goal is like, yeah. Oh my goodness, everybody has to see things exactly how we do. I'm not saying that either, but, um, but you just make their own decisions. Yeah, I, I just want them to be in a healthy place. So yeah, yeah. Derek, I'm curious what you thought when you found out for the first time that Jill hadn't been paid anything for the show. Um, I mean, but I knew like you knew that. I, I was like, what? What? I yeah. was freaking out. Well, I think you, like it was we were married. It so. was funny because um it was like, I was really confused because mm-hmm. around the time we got married, Jim Bob said, now Jill has some money that she's earned from the show. So I, mean, like, okay. I, I was like, okay, that's fine. But like, um, and he even said full, he's gonna have full yeah. disclosure. I was like, um, she had like $9,000 in her <laughs> bank account. Like, you're like, like from babysitting. Yeah, from babysitting. My sisters stuff, and I like, had written a book before. Yeah, so, yeah. so I was like, getting like some of the little, I was like, okay, whatever like, it's called. That's royalties. Usually, people don't make a big deal out of nine thousand dollars. Like if you're like, okay, okay, whatever. Better nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, I think the biggest had a harp and a violin. Yeah, she had a harp. Um, (laughs) So I didn't know if that's what he was referring to. Is like, I was like, okay, she had had a harp. Um, (laughs) But like the biggest revelation was whenever we, after we had kids, I guess after we had one kid at this point. We've been married for years and found out that there's a contract. And when we were trying to make decisions for our own family, they said, mm-hmm. sorry, you can't do that. We're like, what do you mean we can't do that? Like, we've never agreed to anything. And we kind of go into that in the book, kind of that yeah. revelation. And that's whenever um, we're like, well, if we're not, if we're being asked to give up something, like I like economics, like if we're being asked to give up something, then we should get something in return for that. And so it was only at that point that we we're pushing for compensation if we were going to have to give up something like we weren't going to be able to pursue certain opportunities in our own family for yeah. our own because we subsequently left lost a job opportunity yeah, a job. and stuff like that it was like, like okay had, this is going to continue to harm us and, and we demand had, yeah our time and we had invested you know thousands of our own dollars into preparing for that like seminary and, mm-hmm. and you know and we were going to be able to use that for what we we're intending to use it for and at that point, people try and manipulate the story and say, well, it's just all about money for you guys, whether the siblings were thinking that you guys are greedy. It's like, well, mm-hmm. who else would like, it wouldn't be weird if you got to the end of your 
two weeks at your work or the end of the month and you uh, are expecting to get paid and your boss is like, well, how greedy? Why do you all, why do you want to get paid for your work? For working. Is it just all about the money that you want a paycheck? Like that would seem crazy to most people. Yeah. That's how yeah. like more off all this was and how, in my opinion, brainwashed everyone is to like, well, this is a ministry. So the normal rules don't apply. And, you know, <laughs> you should be willing to like give up whatever <laughs> ambitions you have. And, you know, you're not allowed to do those You can play things. with whatever card you want. It yeah. kind of got to that point. You got to the point where it's like trying to it's grasp ridiculous. oil. It's like if you try and yeah. play the business card, it's like, don't worry about it. I'm investing all your money well. And whenever I pass away one day, you all will get one nineteenth of all we have. So you will have money at some point. When you're 80. When you're, yeah. <laughs> but like, I was like, they're like 22 years older than us. So I was like, like you guys, Jill is like, we'll be set whenever she's set to receive one nineteenth. I'm like, just based on statistics, we'll be in our sixties at that point. And I was like, 80s. Huh? No, I'm joking. I'm if, they they're, longer time. if they're in their 80s, yes, we're in our yes. 60s or whatever. Yeah. If they're in their 90s, we're in our 70s whenever. It's not that far apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's almost like, you know, after, you know, we've lived our life, you guys will be set for life. It's like, yeah, we're like 70 at that point. If we're, you're living yeah. your whole life to get, <laughs> you know, paid and it amounts to about, you know, uh, minimum but wage. again, that's not what it was about. But that's not what it was. Uh, that's not what it was about. But the point was how it was made out to be like an inheritance, but you're being required to give up something. It's like, well, an inheritance is just like if you get it great. If you don't, that's your parents' decision. Like this isn't well. An inheritance. And you We're doing. You're doing something in exchange. You can't give it up on taxes and then expect yeah, people, to. Parents don't put their the inheritance that their kids are going to get on their on their taxes every year either, and that's to try right. and figure it out. And make it fraudulent that way, which is what it what ended up happening. So that yeah. whole shebang was very interesting. So basically, yeah. on paper, write it out, but then ultimately, I control. Like, there's one person that controls the whole Best pot. Best of both worlds. And yeah. if, if you need help, and if you needed help, just let us know. Like, and we can help you out. But otherwise, don't be asking for money. And you're greedy if you do. And if you need food, just let us know. Like, I mean, it's like no, that's not the way this works. Right. <laughs> well. And- I imagine it takes so much time and you're sacrificing your privacy too. And, and you're adults, you should be compensated. I mean, kids should be compensated too, yeah. but, but especially adults, like yeah, <laughs> you could go out and do other things with your time, you know, and, and mm-hmm. make money. So that was, that was really yeah. surprise. I mean, surprising, but not surprising. <laughs> yeah. If anything, it was like taking away from what was, producing our sole income at the time, like yeah, we're exhausted. Um, and I've gone to this before, like most people would have their weekends to enjoy and we'd be exhausted doing interviews till midnight sometimes mm. and being told we need to be grateful. I'm like, grateful. <laughs> we're like, why are <laughs> we're you, exhausted. We're, why are you not grateful for the time we're donating basically? <laughs> like, yeah. To yeah. Help out the storyline to keep your show going. But anyway, I don't want to get, yeah like a ram, but it was, it was <laughs> you asked, you but it was, it was, I asked until this point we weren't naive. Like we knew it was about, we made that choice as a couple. We want to help out the family. I, yeah. I, I was not very um, strong then, at the time either though. Like I did feel obligated. I felt the pressure to comply and still, we were still very, very early into our marriage and having kids and all of that and feeling like I can't say no. And but, that's, yeah. What but the way it landed on me, the way it landed on me was like, if you go and volunteer at the uh, Red Cross or something, I'm just I'm trying to think of something mm-hmm. every week or something, 
not even just like every week, but you donate your time to this nonprofit that you feel passionately about for like 20 hours a week. And then you're like, okay, uh, we're moving and there's not this organization here and this other place we're moving to. Like, I'm sorry, you can't, you're not allowed to move. You have to stay here and we're going to sue you if you don't, if you try and, and stop, <laughs> but because here. this is who we are, and you've this done is, this for this long, this is, and you yeah, know it. This is who we are, and this organization, exactly. this organization has an expectation of you volunteering this many hours. And if you don't do that, we're going to bring action against you, and and the larger organization is going to bring action against you. And we're like, what? What? This is crazy. <laughs> like we've just been volunteering. <laughs> That's what yeah. we got to the point, and we mentioned in the book too, where the manipulation was so great that Joe was like crying like asking me are we going to be arrested when we get back to the united states are we going to be arrested when we get back from the mission field i was like no like we're not going to be arrested like it was just like you know Mm. because just messing with my mind yeah just messing yeah and taking advantage of it really which made me upset as like her husband because like he knew which buttons to push and that she was sensitive and saying you're going to need all the money you can get because you're going to be sued for all you have. So I hope you're happy. You're going to be sued for all you have. And, you know, you need everything you can get. So are you sure this mm. is the right way to go? Anyway, mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah, just fear, fear, fear-based. Yeah, yeah. they're trying to yeah. that fear. control. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but that was the moment that made me upset when we found mm-hmm. out about that contract. And oh, I bet. I guess yeah. you don't. I try to... <laughs> Grab his leg and say, okay, babe. She can leg squeezes and says, all right. (laughs) Well, when I announced uh, on social media that I would be interviewing you, everyone was so excited and uh, they submitted some questions that that they would like to ask. And so are you okay if we kind of go through a few of those questions? Yeah, that's great. Okay. How do you create a feeling of equality in marriage when you grew up with an extreme form of patriarchy? What things do you do differently and what are your views of gender roles now? I think we're still figuring out exactly what it looks like in our lives, but I know that Derek grew up, I mean, your mom was a working mom. And so we had that difference like in our upbringings to begin with, which which was, I know the question was posed to Jill, but like even that thing, like along with the pants thing made me frustrated because of my family of origin when my mom wearing pants. And I was like, so how do you view my mother? Like who I respect greatly. She, you didn't ask yeah. them outright, but that's true. No, but that's yeah. not, that's not, no, I didn't say that to them at the time, but yeah. I'm thinking that. Um, but even like in this whole, in the IBLP culture, it's like, it's almost like if there's a, like you're uh, again, almost like less than the whole organization is like very like pride driven. Almost like you take pride in like your family looking a certain way. It's like these, like the documentary shiny, happy people. It's like, you know, Mm. you find things that you can put yourself above somebody, which not intentionally, but it's like, Oh, I'm sorry. Like your mom has to work. That must be so hard. Like, I'm sorry. Your dad can't do something about that. Like it's almost like a negative thing. It's like, yeah. Well, you know, my mom worked, she was a wonderful lady and like, she wasn't less than just because she was working and she yeah. woke up at 4am every day no, and I think like, you're... did laundry before yes. she went to work and made I sure we were still practices. And we, stuff. we strive to have like, we just all do every, we just both do every role. Well, <laughs> I don't nerf the baby, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. We, um, 
like I do right now, I want to be at home with our kids and yeah. be able to provide that. And I think and every couple just has to allow what works for them. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I do want to do that right now. I have taken some online college classes and stuff like that, but I right now enjoy that being able to be there for our kids and him and Derek working outside the home um, to provide for our family right now. And I'm not like, but we also have <laughs> no, but we combine our finances. Yeah. We, um, it's not like your money, my money, because I'm bringing in income as well from social media and working on that. And then, so we have to learn to navigate that. And we're very much, I appreciate that he's not like, hey, babe, like, I mean, we have our budget meetings and we're like, I'm the spender, he's the saver, like naturally, but, um, but I, <laughs> <laughs> but we um we also like I mean she doesn't go on like therapy shopping trips right no 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 <laughs> um but that's just because I don't like to just because you don't get out shopping all the time I mean I do enjoy it a little bit but anyway that's beside the point I'd rather go to Sam's Club and get free samples than like hot dogs but anyway <laughs> um so yeah but but I think we we strive to just talk through stuff work through stuff together and find out what works for us. And I think that's what ultimately couples need to do too, is like find what works for you. And oh, that's what I was going to say. Your parents too, though, they did, Derek has one brother. They did tell y'all to really like be prepared that if your wife or if you, whatever, wants to be able to be home with your kids to at least be able to do that. Even mm-hmm. if that's not what she wants to do, but it was not, it was from a very different place. It was not like she has to do this or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was not that way. It was well, not even, like- even the converse is true. Like if we had a daughter, we don't have a daughter, but if we ever had a daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause we've talked about that a lot and too. We would encourage her to like be in a position where, you know, if God didn't bring her someone to marry and she, or even if God brought her to someone to marry and mm-hmm. she wanted to continue working, whatever she's going to feel led to do. Um, she needs to be prepared for it. So it's like, you don't even like, if you like engineering, you get an engineering degree, like you don't necessarily have to do that, but if you want to, you can, it's not a waste. It just, it doesn't have yeah, to be a waste. But basically that's just what I was kind of encourage our kids to like, just prepare for whatever they might want to do. Like you would hate yeah. to get to a certain point and be like, well, I would want to do this, but that would have required that I had done this before. And now it's I'm even, in a tough spot. So. Even really quick, even in ways that we, I know this is a bigger answer than what you're wanting, but even in ways that like, uh, we like might a- prepare our kids could also be like training them to, Hey, like don't bring on a bunch of debt because then if you're going to have all that debt looming over you, then it's going to not allow you to be as freed up as you want to be eventually. So like even stuff mm-hmm. like that, plays yeah, a, like with the organization, with the organization I went to Nepal with, um, you couldn't have more than a certain amount of debt. And mm. I was like, so even like having that freedom, like uh, my parents were good about teaching us to stay out of debt. Um, like worked my way through college with scholarships and working and all that stuff. And then even that allowed me to be able to go to Nepal for two years. Yeah. So um, if one parent wants to stay home with the kids, like even just having that available, that's just a side note, but yeah. Yeah. But basically yeah. either parent being prepared for uh, to rely on either one of their income solely allows you a full spectrum of options, basically. Yeah, I love that. I often say it's not about who does what, it's about who decides who does what. And you decide together what works for your family 
Mm-hmm. No one of the couple is dictating what's going to happen for the family. It's no, you know, you're deciding yeah. together and it's a choice instead of like, this is how it is. So, and there's I, always going to be that. arguments. <laughs> there will be arguments. That's not to say there won't be arguments <laughs> about whatever, but you have to work through that too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's another question. Uh, how did you separate God and Christ from the church you were raised in and the harmful teachings that you received in the name of God. So how are you able to kind of untangle that and remain, remain faithful, but also deconstruct what you were taught? I think we both, I am grateful. I think that's one thing you can do with your upbringing is recognize the beauty in your story and also recognize the more difficult parts. So in the book, I talk about like roses and thorns. It's kind of like that. They're the more rosy parts and the harder parts. And that's okay. So like, I am grateful for the parts of my story where my parents did instill in us God's word. And we memorized passages of scripture. And so I had that foundation where even though some of this extra legalism and stuff was not helpful And I did have to sort through a lot of even just the way that I view God. And, you know, I've heard it compared like sometimes your relationship with your parents and how that shakes out can often cloud like your view of God. So um, like you can relate to God the same way that you do with like your relationship with your parents. So when I was trying to, as my sister, Ginger, she wrote a theological memoir earlier this year. And as her book kind of, was talking about disentangling her faith instead of deconstructing, but disentangling mm. kind of mm-hmm. all of that intertwining and, and sorting through that you have to do. Um, I found it really helpful just one to have my spouse, like as we were sorting through things, Derek and I um, to be able to confide in each other and really talk through and pray through things. That was really helpful having a support person. And if you're not married, I mean, like we said, like a therapist or good friends around you to kind of help bounce things off of and really work through. And then of course, God's word, like going back there and saying, okay, what does this actually mean? And as humans, we're not always going to have the perfect interpretation of what that means, but getting wise counsel, being part of a church that um, is going to speak truth into your life has been a very important part of our story and disentangling our faith. And really, I think giving our kids tools to study scripture and Mm -hmm. recognizing that um, you mentioned earlier, like disappointing parents or whatever, like, I hope that like, if my kids don't have different convictions than me, I want to get to the point where I'm not disappointed in that. I'm just recognizing that they have different convictions, but still knowing that they're following the Lord. Like, (laughs) that's like really... Like, I'm not to that point yet. That's just me looking forward. Um, I recognize that, like, my kids have their own will. They have their own personalities. They have their own, um, they're their own people. Like, and I can, I hope that whenever I'm to that point, that I just love them as, you know, peers, as my uh, sons and daughters, not as children. So, like, I think there's an importance in just, like, it's like nails on the chalkboard whenever people in IBLP this organization talk about like kids and you don't know when they say kids, if you're referring to someone who's 45 or five, like 
they're like perpetual child syndrome. Yeah, this perpetual yeah. again, like perpetual yeah. uh, adolescence. This <laughs> it's very much about like perpetual adolescence and like you know I'm gonna relate to my kids one way, and whenever they're children, like they're gonna obey us, and but then whenever they're older, um, I want to relate to them as peers and know that they're my son, but they're not like I'm not gonna call my them kid. A child. I'm not gonna <laughs> right. call them a kid or a child or something. Yeah, like, you know. You're not always going to hold seniority over them in the in the way of like I can tell you what to do. Yeah, to like you know, now if I'm like supporting them financially, then like that's one thing. But if like they're independent, they're on their own. Like it's not a matter of like you have to do this or you have to run this by me. But yeah. like you're my son, I love you. I'm here if you want to get any advice or get my perspective on something. But that's your decision. You need to work it out with your family or if you're married, your spouse. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's just like my hope once I get to that point. But um, what's hard as far as like, but I want to give my kids the tools, like give them the tools to know, to think for themselves in, when they study scripture yeah. and to arrive at their own conclusions about certain things. But and, and it's manipulative otherwise, like with us, with um, Jim Bob saying things like, you're going to hurt the name of Christ. I'm like, God is, you know, not beholden to me for his reputation. Like he's going <laughs> to... I'm not that powerful. I'm not that powerful. Like, you yeah. know, he's, you know, that would be a pretty small God. If like, yeah. if he's like, please do this. So you don't hurt my reputation. You right. know, it's like, if you spoke everything into existence, I don't think you're too worried about that. I think you're going to, you're going to take care of your reputation. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm just trying to do what's best for my walk with the Lord. You answered this. Um, this next question already slightly, but um, what are you doing differently with your children than how you were raised? So you talked about really helping them find truth and seek their own testimony through the Bible. And what other things are you doing, you know, that, that may be different than what you were raised with? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, we don't have any girls, so it's not like we're, we even have to make that decision about, oh, are they only going to wear skirts or whatever? But like, I would let my kids wear pants, you know, obviously my boys. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We talk about in the book where our first child, when we made that decision to send him to kindergarten, Mm. to public school, that was a big decision because my family, nobody, like none of the siblings and other than Derek, none of the in-laws even had been to public school. Well, I guess grown up in public school. I think one of them went to like a public university or something, but I'm the only one who's gone to public school the entire, all the way through. through. But anyway, and so making that decision was hard because it was going against the grain and we faced some backlash there that we talk about and then making decisions, just what we allow our kids to do, whether it's like different sports or whatever, when that comes up and, um, So, yeah, I think, but at the core, like each family is going to be different. We're going to make decisions that are best for our family and might not be exactly what another family might choose. So I think a lot of it has to do with like people's comfort level with different things. It's like, well, this is the way we've always done it. I think that's just human nature, Mm -hmm. but you have to like step back to realize that sometimes and kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, um, you know our kids might choose something that like might be very different than what we did. But Joe and I've talked about this before, but like whenever I was preparing to go to Nepal, I did eight week training 
in Virginia. And during that time, one thing that really stuck with me was someone sharing that as you go into different cultures, like you have to distinguish between what is not wrong, but just different. Like it might mm. not be wrong, but it's just different. You just might not have experienced that before, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. Yeah. Other things are different and they're wrong. Like beating your wife, like is not good in any culture, like in my yeah. opinion, <laughs> yeah. because, uh, and it's not like, let's just their culture. You know, it's no, it's not just their culture. That that's kind of not kind of, that's like wrong wherever you're at. Uh, but other things like they might not be wrong, but it's just like, you might just not be used to that style of music because you're not comfortable with it. Cause it wasn't the way you were raised and the way you grew up. And sometimes we might disagree, you know, politically or whatever with people on what are the essential things that are wrong as wrong and what are not. Even, so I yeah. think sometimes people do that, but even the extreme like, versions are easy to yeah. see. But even like earlier, um, like I was mentioning, giving our kids tools and trying to help them understand that whatever it is along the spectrum, there are yeah. there are things, regardless of what the things are, you can have those are up for debate. Some things are wrong and they're wrong no matter what. Okay. Other things might not be wrong. You might just you might initially like your trigger reaction might be like, oh, this is wrong. It's like, wait a minute, this is just different. Like this is really different. Mm. But like I can't see anything wrong, wrong about it. Like maybe it's just different maybe i'm just not used to it and being able to like at least have that ability to work through that and see what it is i love that i love that well this podcast is ask dr julie hanks so i'm wondering if you have a question for me um since you have you know a couple minutes how can i support you right now what questions do you have thank you yeah yeah um do you have advice for us on keeping the spark alive in our marriage? I mean, we have three young kids. Mm. So Derek is working a lot. I'm working a lot with the kids, you know. Yeah. And all. Any suggestions for physical intimacy? And oh, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jill's like rolling her eyes. <laughs> I, I, I was just kidding. He's I was joking. Like, I was, yeah. Not. I mean, we. No, no, but not. Stop <laughs> recording. No. Yeah, really. <laughs> I, I said that if you want to take like a sound bite and be like, get more listeners. Or oh something. my word. Yeah, really. <laughs> and now for the sex talk, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've been married 35 years in March. And one thing, well, two things. Thank you. I'm really proud. Like it's, it's not an easy that's a lot thing, right? Yeah. That's a big accomplishment. And I think we've, we've done a lot of things wrong, but two things that I think we've done well is that we've consistently had date night, even when we had little kids. And sometimes it may be put the kids to bed and then watch a movie together and talk or whatever, you know, whatever. Um, but we've been really good about actually going out and doing things together, even when we're busy and tired. And we've just continued to do that through the years. And I think that's been very, I mean, that sounds really like typical advice, but I think it's really helpful to continue yeah. to date your spouse and and have time alone because mm-hmm. the kids, as you know, just kind mm-hmm. of fuck the life out of you. Yeah, <laughs> they just like they take all the energy and time. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And then another thing that I would suggest is set aside time every week to talk about your relationship. Like, how are we? How are you feeling toward me? What's getting in the way of us feeling closer? Because it's so easy to talk about work and the kids and, you know, other things you're doing, church, community service. 
but talk about your relationship and what you're feeling toward each other. Is there resentment building up and, and kind of have a check-in every week. So you don't go years with unresolved uh, feelings. Mm -hmm. So those are my two, two uh, pieces of advice for you. That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. We've kind of, seen that uh work sometimes too like even just it almost feels like ripping the bandaid off but if there's like one like comment like uh, one of us makes toward the other like i feel like we've gotten better about and it goes both ways like saying what it is and saying hey like surely didn't make me feel very good instead of just like letting it fester and then be like oh i can't believe they said that but like just like saying it and getting out in the open and just like learning about each other and just and then moving on yeah yeah i love that one thing that came to mind about that was I would talk over Derek when we first got married all the time. I still do. But um, because growing up in a big family, you just like talk over each other and whoever's the loudest gets heard. So like we would do that. And he came from a family, like one brother. So he would just sit there and just like, wait and wait, are you done? And I'm like, why are you not talking? Like, yeah. No, I was so um, listening to you, but like. I know. Yeah. But anyway. I thought yeah. of one more thing um, and it is sex related. It's okay to schedule sex especially when you have little kids to go Saturday night that like, so <laughs> no matter what happens, that's a priority. And that's, you know, gives you, you something know, to look forward to as yeah, well. Yeah. So there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I think, uh, especially with little kids that can be really helpful to kind of know when, and that's going to happen and <laughs> no matter what. So <laughs> in some ways that even makes it sexier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I said, you have something to look forward to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Jill and Derek. It's been so delightful to talk with you. And again, Counting the Cost is their book. I highly recommend it. I will link to it in the show notes so people can easily order a copy. Um, Kudos to you for the growth and, you know, for really um, learning how to set boundaries and for coming into your own as a couple and as a little family. I loved watching that journey as I, as I read the book. Uh, So thank you for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. We've appreciated talking with you. Thank you. We've enjoyed it. Are you enjoying this podcast? Let me offer you more support and the chance to connect with other like-minded women with a Latter-day Saint background. Join my group coaching You will be seen, heard, and you'll find a welcoming group of women. And you'll get coaching from me around topics that matter most to you. To join my group coaching, go to drjuliehanks.com slash membership today and use the code podcast to get your first month free. Come try it out. Let's support each other and grow together. You are not alone. We're waiting for you. thought, hey, I want to talk to Dr. Julie Hanks about this question. Well, now's your chance. I want to have you on my podcast. So email hello at drjuliehanks.com with your question 
and the reason why you want to be on the podcast. And we may just choose you for a free coaching session.